You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Welcome to Short Shift Podcast. This is Thomas Nystrom. I've got Andrew Johnson and Ian Bonner with me, as always. 16 out of the last 18 points. This team is a fucking wagon since the break. I don't even know what else to say about this team. I'm going to jump right into it. Ian, how are you feeling, brother? I'm feeling amazing. I want to watch more hockey right now. This team just doesn't quit. And I now am back to that. This team's always going to win. I'm always going to believe it. It's always going to win. And that's that's where my soul belongs is optimism. Constant fucking optimism about big fat dubs. Mm, I fucking love this team right now. And Andrew calling in this week, still having some audio problems. So Andrew on the phone. Andrew, what are you doing on the phone right now? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. As good as I can as I'm about to fucking lay waste to my office. <laughs> um, I'm feeling good about this team, guys. Um, there were a couple of cracks in the armor this week that I'm a little concerned about, but we'll get into that. Um, blowing two leads, <laughs> But against one of them, you can forgive. The Nashville Predators will definitely get into that game. In fact, guys... Do you want to get into that game right now? Because that was definitely the game of the week. Yeah, that was that was a satisfying, good hockey game to watch. Mostly because they finished it correctly and and got the dub. It did take overtime, but it was that was a, that was arguably the best fought game. It felt like a playoff game, is what I think you said earlier. Best game this year. Yeah, for my money. Yep. Which is it's funny because that is a game that we won despite goaltending. And I'm all on the Olmark train. Like, I really like what Olmark has done over the past month and a half. But that's probably the only game this week where you go, oh, between the pipes, we weren't great. But we fought our way through and still had this awesome fucking game and still came out with the, with two points, two important points right now. I'll actually push back a little bit. That was definitely Olmark's worst game in about two months. But there were moments in those in that game especially halfway through the second where it was 2-2 and they were charging, especially when they were on the power play where he clutched up and he made a couple of huge saves and he did it again in the third when it was tied again. So I wouldn't say that that was a, I, I wouldn't say that that was a terrible game. I, I, I'd say that was the worst game Allmark's played in about two months, but I wouldn't call it like, you know, a terrible game by him. Maybe not a Tuka Rask type game by him. Maybe just not up to his standard that he's been setting lately. Fair. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we're talking about him playing the Predators, who is number one in their division, or up there at least. I think mm-hmm. I think they're still number one in the division. We're talking they about a playoff we team. Yeah. It's a playoff team, and we beat a playoff team. And we only gave up three goals to him. 
one of them one of them probably shouldn't have even been a thing but it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was i didn't like it's funny a lot of people didn't like the first goal mm-hmm. which i thought was kind of uh if i'm remembering correctly he's alone citizens is alone in the slot coming across the slot mm-hmm. and he gets him going the other way i was like ah, i'm not gonna blame him too much for that he got beat that happens he got wrong footed definitely did not like the goal that he gave up through Carlo. And I know people yeah. are calling that a screen, but I'm talking about 40 feet away from the net. That's yeah. hell of a hell of a screen if it's that far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but taking the win there is good. Uh, Andrew almost jinxed Tuka Rask in the Flyers game with his with his prediction. But Rask's first game was a big dub. Gave up two goals. I am. I've never been so happy to be wrong in my life. Yep. I've never been so happy to be wrong in my life. It was like when I made that prediction, it was just like a gut feeling. I'm like, oh, this feels like a trap game. And then right after I made it, I was like, wait, shit. I just predicted Tuka Rask's first game being a loss. And I wish I could take it back, but it's out there. So, Yeah, you wish, because that means three wins. I won the week again. (laughs) All right. I am now six, three, and three. No longer am I playing losing hockey. We are 500 on the season. (laughs) I feel really good about that lead. I know I'm jumping way ahead. Can we talk about, we got to see multiple Hatties this week. We sure as fuck did. How incredible is that? Yep. Pasta's on fire right now, dude. Marshawn with a great game and then Pasta came right back. And I loved what Pasta said after the game where he said he promised Tuca a hat trick. And Tuca's like, just shrugged it off. And then Pasta went out and fucking did it. He almost fucking did it in the first period. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I that really was. wish I wish he had a celebration after the third where he pointed at Rask. I wish yep. he looked back and just pointed at him. That would have been incredible. <laughs> I fucking love pasta, man. Yeah. Now, yeah. massive game for pasta, but we can't discount some of the saves that Rask made in that game on that atrocious play for McAvoy where he just got burnt. Mm-hmm. Fucking, yeah, fucking bad game. Yeah, but Rask bailed him out. He he looked mid-season form. And yeah, we're mid-season, but he is not. The first 10 minutes, I was like, uh, he looks a little rusty. It wasn't about what he was letting in or anything like that because they barely had any shots at net at that point. But they had nothing. They had no shots the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Didn't they? I thought it yeah. took them nine minutes to get a shot. Yeah, it was nine I think minutes. They had one on. <laughs> if you want a nitpick, if you want a nitpick, yeah, it was nine right, Watching right. him move in the defensive zone. It just felt like uh, he's a little slow off the off the post, and and then by the midway through the second, he's just whipping around, and he's tracking the puck, and he reminded me so much of what I love about him, is everything is so effortless, and it looks like we're giving up a huge chance, and he's simply just in the way. It's not even like a crazy save. It's not glove or right in the crest, over and over and over again, because his positioning is phenomenal. Fuck, man. Tuka Rask is back on the team. He's probably going to have some growing pains getting back up to speed. I know it's only one game, but that was a very good sign from him. Mm-hmm. He looked he looked cool, calm, and collected. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. he looked like Tuka Rask. And who was in front of him for that game? Defensively? Lewington? Uh, Vakaninen yeah. was playing top pairing minutes, I believe, in that one. Mm-hmm. A, a Sean, I, I believe, was in yeah. that one. Yes, he was. Louis, yeah, uh, Grizzlick had just uh, hit, been hit with uh, COVID before the game, so we were so we were playing. Half of our defense was AHL. We were down to our eleventh 
on the depth chart, which is Tyler Lewington. The Tyler Lewington show. What do you think about that, guys? Do you, do you think anything about that? Yeah, I don't I really have too many thoughts on that. To right. be <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great sign that uh, our structure is really good, that he was not a problem. Yes. If he is, if he's on this team in the playoffs, we are very nervous. Mm-hmm. He's our Jared Tenorti this year, basically. Yeah. Uh, that's a well, little. I, mean, I actually thought that because he got, he started throwing knucks in that first <laughs> yeah. game. Yep, I was did. like, oh, yep. he's assimilating himself. And the first thing that came to mind was Tenorti. But uh, before we get too slanderous about the defense that was in front of Rask that game, <laughs> Vakanainen has come out multiple games now and looked the part. How are you guys feeling about Vakanainen right now? Has he outright won a job similar to Jacob Zaboro earlier in the year? He's close. He's so close. He still he still gets he still gets dummied. Let's be a little bit be a little bit real here. He still gets physically manhandled, but he is so smart with his positioning, with his stick. He is he's very smooth. He really is very smooth with the puck. And he's and he definitely showed it on that on setting up that game winner in Nashville. Against Nashville, excuse me. There's something to be said here. He 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 had a big boy shift. Look, go back to that Flyers game for a second. He was out there the entire empty net sequence, and he just held on, and he was out there for 342. He was out there for the last 342 of that game because they just kept icing the puck, and they, he, had to, he had to stay out there. Um, he showed the stamina. He showed a lot of what he showed in the World Juniors for Finland when he was playing 35 minutes a night some games. Um I think he's there. I think he's so close. But who do you take out? Do you take that's, out Clifton? That's going to be the question. Uh, I, I'm not as high on him yet. I Look, I like Vakaninen. We've talked about this. I still think he's a year away. I still see a, a player who is still putting it together. I do think he looks worlds better than he did a few months ago. Um. Clifton would be the easy one to take out. Forbort can play either side, so it does offer Vakanina the chance to, you know, be wherever he's comfortable. So can Vakaninen remember his first his first couple of games? He was paired with Grizzlick on his right side, and he played well there too. I don't love putting young guys into the league and switching them between sides. I like them to become dominant on one side. And then you move them once they're used to the speed. So I, I just personally don't like bumping around like that. I, think um, I, I don't. I don't think he stays in the lineup unless injuries and, and COVID continues. Um, mm. But I, I, I am happy about the showcase. I do think he's looked pretty good. Yeah, I am I a mean, little surprised about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of somewhere in between right now. I do not want to see him get taken out. Uh, that is particularly because. We don't have a reason to take him out right now. We have we have a need for him, and he's fulfilling that need, and he's doing it admirably. Uh, I don't think he's quite earned the uh, definitive role at this point, but if he does this for another couple games, especially especially coming off of the uh, the Nashville game where we're doing it against a playoff caliber team, that argument that argument could be made. And I, I I'm not saying you can't make that argument right now, but I would probably say he's about. A little bit more than halfway there to a solidified role for me. But uh, 
just looking at these three games that we played, these three, more importantly, three dubs, <laughs> of those three games, you got the Habs, the 5-1, you got the Flyers, the 3-2 dub, and then overtime against the Preds. What of those three games do you feel like showcased who the Boston Bruins are right now? Which, which game was the real Bruins? Oh, that's a great question. That's an amazing question. You're welcome. You want to say the Predators <laughs> game, don't you? Yeah, you want to. You want to yeah, say that. You want to say that, but you kind of, it's, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that is the real Boston Bruins, but the Boston Bruins proved they could play that sort of physical playoff style hockey game where, you know, just as physical, 45, 45 in hits. You know, they took the Bruins, took the physicality to the Preds in the first. Preds took it right back to them. And then the Bruins responded right back. You want us, you want that to be this team. And you it's, don't want to say the Philly, you don't want to say the Philly game either because they blew a two goal lead. I think it's somewhere between the Flyers game and the Preds game where we can compete against these higher end teams, although we're not quite sure if we have enough to win seven game series against them, uh, especially multiple rounds uh, against these teams. We're not positive about that. And the Flyers game, we were dominant in it for a large portion. Mm -hmm. And I think we should, we are a team that can beat up on lesser teams. I know the score showed pretty close there. That's because they let the foot off the gas. I think that's a very important distinction. I do think this team's somewhere in the middle where we can compete at the higher end, but we will struggle against some opponents. And middle-of-the-ground teams will sometimes have a good night against us. I'd, I'd say we're in that top third of the league, but at the bottom section of that ninth, tenth kind of area. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, I would love to be the team that we saw against uh, the Habs all the time. I would love to have come out and beat the Preds 5-1, but that had, the Habs game was pretty damn enjoyable. Marshy with the Hattie, uh, just especially kind of like a big middle finger after not making the uh, All-Star game. <laughs> kind of nice to see. That's, that's Real quick. Like, go ahead. Real quick. Do y'all do care about that? Do y'all care about whether or not Marshawn made the All-Star team? I hope it pissed him off. Yeah, and I think I there's think a chance did. that it did. I, think I don't did. give a fuck. The All-Star game sucks every year. I have never watched an All-Star game and been like, wow, that was fun. Not even the John Scott year was I was like, woo! I don't know, fuck it. I enjoyed that year because it was in Nashville and like they everything that they did for the town and stuff like that. Like it was really, really entertaining. There was a fucking sheet of ice downtown. Mm-hmm. That shit was oh, so much cool. fun. Cool. But uh I, the uh as far as it goes with Marshawn not making the all-star game, it's it's frustrating because I think he deserves it more than anybody else on the team. However, you put Bergeron in that game, I don't want to say it for sure, but this could be his last time going to an all-star game. And also, there's a chance that Marshawn wouldn't have even accepted the invite. There's also mm-hmm. the fucking lingering story of him speaking out against the league about the Olympics. And was this, a, was this some sort of punishment in some way? It doesn't matter. I don't mm-hmm. think these players really care about the all-star game, but it is what it is. But if it does motivate Marshawn to play a little bit more pissed off and just prove that he's the elite player that this fan base knows he is, I'm all for it. Same. Same. He was, he was legitimately scary this week. Like, you ever watch a guy play 
and you just start to feel bad for the people who's in front of them. Like, does that ever happen to you guys where you literally watch it? Like when I, when I watch Nathan McKinnon, I watch the people try to defend him and he's so like, he can be physical, but he can fly around you. And you just, I just start to feel bad for players that are just doing their best. These are grown men in a professional league getting paid millions. And I feel bad because they're getting undressed on national television by this guy. <laughs> I felt and, bad for, I felt bad for Soros on that, on that shot. He had no he, of the, the three, two goal. He had no, oh, and do you know what people did? Soros is short. He's so fucking short. That's why yeah. there was space over his shoulder. I even said that because I'm a dick too. Soros <laughs> is a Vezina finalist this yeah, year. He's, he's he a good, good, yeah, really fucking good. And he might be short, but short king. Thing, short. He might be a short king, but man, he has fluid movement. He moves so effortlessly between the pipes, but. Getting four, getting four on him. You feel fortunate. You feel fortunate, Lopez. And that last because, one was like that was it squeaked through. Yeah, yeah. And Hall was just there to bury it. Yeah, just, it was yeah. opportunistic. Yeah, ta- yeah. Taylor Hall showing that's uh, a second chance league. Taylor yeah. Hall's a Boston Bruin, guys. Uh, uh, shut the Preds, the Preds <laughs> really showcased. I think they're showcasing that they're a team that has it for the playoffs. They're that nice mixture of heavy. And skilled with excellent goaltending, that's a playoff team. That's a yep. team that could really make a run this year. And you know what's interesting too? One of the things that I noticed was in the beginning of the game, Roman Yossi was very unnoticeable, very quiet, didn't take charge of the game. And then he got un- involved a little bit on the offensive side, and then he was unstoppable for the rest of the game. That dude is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Keep playing him. Yeah. So much fun to watch. I did not enjoy watching him the second half of the game, but man, when he woke up, <laughs> when he woke up, the Preds were a different team. It was it was crazy. And guys, on on we we can actually say that we at that point at that time since Colorado has overtaken them since that we beat the best team in the Western Conference on Saturday. Yep, they were the best team in the entire Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have a chance to beat the best team in the Western Conference again this upcoming week. I think we have the Avs in a couple games. I haven't it, looked at the schedule. It's not in, not in the next week, but it's coming up. Oh, boy. We, no, we got Thomas' favorite team coming up, though. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I wanted to also bring up, and uh, we've got it here on the talking points, power play. Power play looked a little bit improved, maybe. Percentage-wise, it did. Mm-hmm. Ian, I know you have thoughts on the power play and you've been very back and forth, but very adamant that it's just not looking correct. What did you see in the last couple of games out of the power play? I saw the ability to finish, which is great. I still worry about this being a hot and cold power play unit. You have to, I think momentum is a big thing with special teams. When you're scoring a lot in the power play, it helps you continue to score a lot because you feel loose. But we give up so many chances on the power play. It's unbelievable. And if our goaltending was letting more in, that would be a huge storyline. As far as I'm seeing, because it feels like at least twice a game, they get a two-on-one or a breakaway off of our power play. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I know you you are you are fighting the other side of this. Say the power play is back. What do you think? 
<laughs> on the uh, on the itinerary, I put is it they're thirty percent this week, but three out of their last five. Is it back yet, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, I I think the power play does look a hell of a lot crisper than it does. I think McAvoy looks better than he has recently on the power play. Like he definitely had a response game against Nashville. Um, we only, and we only have one power play. We only have one power play against Nashville. Crazy? <laughs> yeah. No. Cause that was playoff hockey. They weren't yeah. calling it unless it was blatant. Oh, that's a good point. I was really waiting for a call to change the game at the end there because they were letting so much well, go. Well, there almost was that trip on by V9 on uh, on Duchesne and who Duchesne kind of massaged. Duchesne definitely massaged that a little bit. Let's be real. That's still a trip, though. That's still that a trip. Still, no, it, was, it, been, it was yeah, definitely it, a trip. It should have been four on four, though. Yeah. <laughs> what a huge kill, though. I know we're talking about power play, but can we talk about the two giant kills in that game? Nah, man, let's, yeah, let's talk about the let's talk about the, just the special team. Let's just make this a special teams conversation. Well, they were in our zone for almost their entire power play both times. I think it was two power plays that they got, and we had I, maybe a couple clears, but we just held the structure. We were in the lanes, saves were being made. It was such a gutsy kill. And Into then the when we got on the perimeter, on, on the, the perimeter. perimeter. And yep. once it was killed, we went right back at them. We didn't let it affect the five on five play. I was really impressed with our PK. Really, really impressed. I've been impressed with our PK for like, I think it's been a, one of the driving forces of this hot streak. Yeah, I, I think you'd have a good argument there. Mm hmm. And it's not just Brad Marchand being elite, which he is. It's so not just elite. Pasternak finding finding his uh, mojo, which he has. It's been the structure, the, the penalty killing. It's the fact that the penalty killing hasn't missed a beat when guys like V9 and Tyler freaking Lewington have come in and performed in that spot. Yeah. So Cassidy might be a good coach, guys. <laughs> He is a good coach, and his seat has tremendously cooled. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was wrong saying his seat was warming up yep. by any means. I, I'm going to no, stand my ground on that one. You but weren't. You weren't wrong. Definitely has cooled way fucking down. Yep. You Absolutely. Win, you, you win at the clip that they've been. I mean, they have the longest win streak in the NHL right now. They're gaining ground, it seems, on a daily basis to third-place Maple Leafs, who I honestly – I. I'm just waiting for them to catch him at this point. Like we're in, we're in good shape. And this is not something that we expected just a few weeks ago because we were a lot more pessimistic about this team. So Cassidy has done something. This team has done something. They're turning shit around. Where are you guys thinking best case scenario? We're going to end up in this standings right now. Uh, I'm with you, Thomas. I think the, like the best, most, I mean, obviously best case scenario is we win the fucking division. But the most realistic scenario, I believe, is probably the what I think what all of us said to some degree at the beginning of the season is third place. I think I think third is probably the most realistic and with maybe like a fighting chance at second. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much what I see, how I see the best case scenario going for mm -hmm for Boston 
And that doesn't mean I'm down on this team. It just means that Atlantic is fucking loaded. Yeah, it is. I mean, the whole the whole East is loaded. It, yeah. We would be faring no better in the Metro. Um, in fact, I think we'd be in the same exact spot <laughs> if we were we in have the one Metro. Eight we, would actually, we would actually be in fifth. We would, be behind, <laughs> we would be behind the Penguins. Not by much, but we would be behind them. We have won eight of nine, and we have gained approximately one spot. The uh, the teams ahead of us in the standings of the Athletic, their last ten: the Panthers eight one and one, the Lightning six three and one, and the Leafs seven two and one. Mm-hmm. So we're not making up a lot of ground because no. we are eight two and zero oh in our last ten, but we are making up ground. I think this is a wild card team. I think there's a lot of. Um, a lot of ups and downs that are going to come through the rest of the season. I have been very vocal about this not bothering me because I think this is a team that no one wants to face in a seven-game series. No. What's more interesting, and I would be more worried if this were the case, um, if or I should say if it were possible for any of the teams below us to really be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Detroit is the team by points and by point percentage that is behind us right now. We have five games in hand, and they are five points behind. Mm-hmm. They are a negative 22 in goal differential. We're a plus 21. And I do believe goal differential is a decent way to kind of see if the team's performing as it should. Yeah, I don't I think agree. it's a, the best statistic, yeah. but it's there. It feels like the East has already been decided, and we're going to battle Pittsburgh for this wild card spot or whoever else drops down from the Metro if they catch up. I don't think we're going to be in the top three of the Atlantic doesn't bother me at all. We'll be on the road the whole way to the cup. I don't give a shit. Let's get there. Yep. Uh, just talking about goal differential, like looking at those stats in general, goals against, we are the best in our division. So the defense is working. The goaltending is working. Mm-hmm. And we're actually starting to score at a pretty decent clip lately. So this the, the goal differential of 21 plus right now, if we look at just the last even 20 games, it's probably it's probably tops or more towards the top of this division. However, the Panthers are unbelievable with the goal differential. They're 47. Nobody else is even halfway there. They are crushing everyone. Yep. Like, it's not even funny. You remember the part of the season where they kept giving up, like, four goal leads and still winning the game? Mm-hmm. They go yep. so ridiculous. Or yeah. I'm sorry, they were allowing other teams to go up four goals and still winning the game is what I meant to say. Yeah. That team is absurd. And the only thing I think can sink them is if their goaltending just collapses. Yeah. I mean, they're well, giving up be- goals. They're, 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 there's no doubt they're giving up goals. They just have the ability to score better than anybody else in the NHL right now. God, Jonathan, they're so good. Jonathan Huberto is, has... 53 has 38 assists in 38 games. He is insane. (laughs) They have, they are loaded. They are deep and they've basically been getting ostensibly Linus Allmark level goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky, Mm -hmm. but they've been winning. They've been winning all these games, been winning these games. I felt like an insult to Allmark. Were you trying to insult Olmark there? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm saying that I'm saying it's the only place that they're not it's the only place they're not getting elite production from. Yeah. Yeah. What is your asterisk on this is they are 21 and 3 at home and they are 5 yeah, 4 yeah. and 5 away. So, 
That's an interesting stat. They have Isn't more. It? They have as many overtime losses on the road as they do wins. Uh, e- yes. Wow. I don't know why that confused me so much. I'm staring right at it, but yes. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. Do you guys think the East is all but decided outside of some sort of crazy St. Louis Blues comeback 2019 kind of thing? You saying the West? No, the East. Do you think it's just decided? Um, I was just using the Blues as like an example oh, okay. of last place team that flies up the standards, but that would be Montreal. So I don't think we're too worried. <laughs> um, I if, yeah. what, do you mean by that? Do you think that this is Florida's conference? Is, is that what you're trying to lead into? I think I think he's saying out of the eight teams that we have right now that are in the playoff. Oh, picture, okay. These the eight teams are going to be in the playoffs by the time May rolls around. Yeah. Are we just I, locked in? I, I would like it to not be possible. Like I would I would like to see a little bit more movement or at least a little bit of drama leading into playoff time. But I, I you might be right. Like who's your dark horse then? If there's a team below Boston right now, ooh. either division there. One, there's one team, Islanders. I'm not, I'm, I cannot in good conscience write them off just yet. I don't know, man. They're kind of shit. They still have a ton of games in hand on everybody ahead of them. They have five games in hand on us. Jesus. They played less games than anybody in the NHL. By like a fair margin. Yeah. I, I, they're pretty far down there and, and they've been, and they've had a, Rough first half for sure. But what did we say a lot last year, Thomas, about the Islanders? This is a Barry Trotz coached team. Yeah, but they're in a you hole, look, man. They're the worst team in the hole. NHL right now, man. You look at anybody in the Eastern Conference. Detroit's not go Detroit is still a year away. Buffalo ain't winning 15 games. Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa is going to be just banking points in garbage time as they've been they've been doing. They're six three and one in their last ten. Montreal is in a plight for right right now. Um, Columbus, Columbus ain't it. New Jersey is flailing. Philly is flailing. Where have the Islanders been the last couple of years? Uh, Long right. Island, right? <laughs> Coliseum, <laughs> Nassau Coliseum. Yes, the mausoleum. Yeah, they have been in the thick of a right on the cusp of the finals of the cup finals. And this is still basically the same team. Mm. I'm not writing them off. I, know I think it's fair. I think it's fair. It's it's yeah. fair just based on past precedents. But like, I don't know how many Islanders games you've watched this year because there obviously hasn't been that many. But they are not the same team. They're just not. I will make you a separate bet outside of your god awful Sabres bet that we're still holding out hope is gonna blow up in your face. Oh my god! I would. I will bet you that probably for <laughs> still battling for fifth place in the Metro. I still mm-hmm. think the Blue Jackets are a better team than the Islanders right now, and the Blue Jackets have half of the star power that the Islanders have. Is this bet you you're betting that the Blue Jackets end up ahead of the Islanders in the final standings? I believe so. Yeah. All right, Ooh, that's a it. close point percentage too. Right now, that's mm-hmm. an interesting uh, bet. Yep. All right, you're on, motherfucker. Let's mm-hmm. do it. I might have Let's to buy one whole round in the night of Andrew getting me and Ian insanely drunk, <laughs> insanely drunk, really high <laughs> quality cocktails. Fucking obliterated. 
I'm so excited. That weekend is literally going to be planned about me going up like Thursday night, chilling Friday, and Saturday just getting obliterated and using Sunday as my day of like rest before I go back. I'm very oh, excited. On that Saturday, on that Saturday, we should record an episode while we're obliterated. That's oh my terrible. God, but we have to listen to it before we post because yeah. I do not trust anything. No Fair. fucking way. You know, I have a rule that if I have a shot, Okay. If I have three shots of liquor, I don't get on Twitter. I just, okay. I won't do it. I won't say something fucking stupid when I'm drunk <laughs> because I decided to just jump on a social media platform where no one's going to like stop me from saying something stupid. I don't know. Twitter is, is a bad habit, guys. That's don't okay. do it. It's a bad drug. Well, before we get <laughs> off it, Ian, what was your answer for that? Because I'm, I think Andrew is throwing out the Islanders is somebody who can sneak into the the top four for the Metro. I tend to agree with what you seem to be leaning towards, which is the the eight or the eight right now. But where where is where's your head actually at? I think uh, I do think Detroit's a year away. I think Columbus has some little magic left to them. I think they'd be a fun team to watch down the stretch that might might make some noise if they don't sell big at the deadline. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, yeah. But I, I really do believe the eight are the eight, and it mm-hmm. would take a collapse from one of the teams in the eight to really shake yeah. that up. It's, now, it's let me crazy, call- though, because the Western Conference is completely different. Wide open. Wide yeah. open. There's like three teams that I'm confident will be in the playoffs, and that's about it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. anything else can yeah. happen. It's crazy. I'll Which is really qual- exciting for hockey fans. But I'll definitely qualify what I'm saying here by saying I think the eight are the eight. But if there is a team that can make that run, I, I maybe shout out to Duff, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not selling on the, I'm not selling on the Islanders. Not yet. Not yet until I absolutely have to. Yeah. Well, well I'll make sure to print out a sixth place banner for you when I win that bet. <laughs> Thomas. And I will put it, I will put it right on my wall, just <laughs> like the bread. <laughs> Thomas, you brought up the West, and I think that's a terribly forced segue segue by me. Carson Kuhlman, yeah, on the wire, gets <laughs> was claimed. Awful. It was terrible, but we had to move on. Yep, <laughs> gets claimed by Seattle. That is now three Bruins players on Seattle, ex Bruins players, obviously on Seattle. Uh, Lauzon, Donato, and Kuhlman. Now, am I missing one? Is four, there a fourth? Four. Marcus Johansson. That's right. That See, there correct. you go. That's correct. All right. Do um not to be rude, but do we care? I'm going to I'm going to take this real quick. He didn't have a spot. He was the right person to cut. I didn't necessarily think he was going to get picked up on waivers. I'm not terribly surprised, but I thought I thought he might clear. That said, the kid deserves some playing time. Mm-hmm. Some consistent playing time, and he's on that roster now. He's he's a Seattle Kraken. God, that sounds so weird to say. Mm-hmm. Still not in he's love with Kraken. the team name, but he's a Kraken. Uh, <laughs> but he's going to get some playing time, and I'm happy for the kid because I think I think he's a decent low level NHL player, and with some playing time and not for nothing, dude, Seattle's a great spot. He's going to have no pressure on him. Oh God, they're so bad right now. <laughs> No, I mean they're bad, but like just in general, that that fan base over there is just happy that the, the fucking games are happening. So yeah. get out there, show what you can do, see what happens. So good for him. He didn't have a role on this team. I think we all know that. 
Uh, but I don't think anybody really has anything bad to say about the kid. It's not like we're happy that he's gone, but it makes sense for both sides. So good for him. And, uh, and it gives us another reason to watch a cracking game once in a while. No. Do you know Ryan Donato is third on the team in goals? Ryan Donato, good I don't even want to discuss. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Damn. Not a, you not know, a Donato guy. <laughs> done and done. Okay. Wow. So the Bruins do open up about 1.5 mil in the trade deadline cap space for this. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I meant by we had some moves to make to open some cap space on top of a debrust trade, of course. Um, so I was actually really happy he got picked up. I like him as a depth piece, but opening up a, a little bit of space, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty huge for us right now. Do you think there's another player on this roster right now that is going to see the same fate? No, I, I before the season started, I said we'd lose one person to to the wire, and I think I'm going to stick with that. Okay, Andrew. No, um, but. It's tough because we have Foligno coming back. He's Foligno now. We have Foligno <laughs> coming back. We have Frederick coming back. Steen has to stay up here. Mm. There's, there's going to be there's too many bodies and not enough seats. Yeah, but there's a healthy scratch spot. There's... I don't know. Uh, I don't know. If, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm kind. Of, I've oscillated very wildly between saying trade somebody right now and just be like, just hold off because COVID. COVID allow COVID means that you need to have some warm bodies as depth. Um, the only know. way you trade someone right now is if you get an offer that you go, yep, yep, great, yep. It's not something, DeBrusque becomes more and more of a need for other teams as the deadline approaches. We have needs as well. We're also putting ourselves in that same circumstance, but patience pays in this kind of season. We're going to have more COVID stuff, like you said. We're going to have more injuries. There's no reason to make a move just because we feel like we have too many players. I think when everyone's healthy, you're going to healthy scratch bleed. And then you're going to healthy scratch Steen and bring bleed back. These younger guys, it's fine to healthy scratch them every now and again. You'll healthy scratch Felino at times because obviously he's coming back from injury. I, I think they can rotate a healthy scratch schedule with some of these uh, some of these players and it yeah, not be Fred, a big deal. Frederick included in that as well. Oh yeah, Frederick totally forgot about Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, no, but see, that's that's my point. You that you you sometimes forget some of these players that are here, and it's like, is there is it it, it it's like a too many too many cooks too many cooks kind of thing. Like, yeah, but they're, all the cooks are bottom six players. I think that's a difference. Yeah. Mm. Ian, you brought him up, so we might as well talk about him. Uh, Cassidy heaps some praise on Jake DeBrusque. How are we feeling about Jake DeBrusque's role? Is he getting moved anytime soon? Where are you at? Because there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about, like, he needs to be sat so other guys can play because he doesn't want to be on this team. In my opinion, I think we continue to take strong play from him, continue to showcase him, 
and make sure that not not even just showcase the talent, but was it, I think it was Army Bear that I was saying this to earlier on Twitter. But we have to let this dude play because you can't sit there and try to get more value out of a player that you're healthy scratching nonstop. Right. So I think he needs to play. Uh, yeah, he needs to play. And as long as he's playing well, you play him. He's helping us win hockey games. He is 100% getting moved at the deadline. I do not think this is a Zaboral instance where Zaboral said he wanted a trade. We worked it out with him. He kept him, and we think we have something there, judging by how he comes back next year from injury. I am super comfortable saying DeBrusque is very much getting traded closer to the deadline. You absolutely play him right now. Point totals speak to people, no matter how those points came. Get him empty netters. I don't give a shit. Get him double-digit goals on the season. Ship him off somewhere. I love Jakey. I don't want to see him traded. I just do not see a circumstance outside of him being at 26 goals by the time the deadline gets here that we keep him. <laughs> That'd be amazing, though, would not? Nah, just... I want to keep seeing him succeed. He's played really well the last couple of games, and and Cassidy has... Cassidy's definitely... <laughs> Cassidy's tactics have changed in the last few weeks. He did it with Steen, and now he's doing it with DeBrus, just actively calling out people for great play on the ice. Do you think this like kind of marks a change? Do, do you think this sort of sort of is more evidence of maybe they had a big sit down and was like, "Hey, this isn't something isn't working. Let's fix it. Let's try to fix some things in the room here." I think. Um, it was, do you think that's part of it? I, I think it was the Christmas break. Some say that Bruce Cassidy's heart grew three times that day. <laughs> no, but he's definitely, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely, there's, I, I, I'll rip it right off of your notes. Tangible shifting of interpersonal tactics. I can't even fucking say it. Yeah. He has, uh, he's, he's changed what he's willing to say about players to the media. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like there was something said, there was some sort of sit down with leadership. And it's just like, look, dude, if you're going to openly criticize somebody's play in the media, you also have to do the other side where it's mm-hmm. like, you can knock us down. That's not always going to work. There does need to be some buildup. It's coaching is a kind of parenting, unfortunately, sometimes for, for certain players where it's just like, I need, I need that reassurance i guess mm-hmm. that, that i'm doing the right job good. and that my job is safe because jake debrusque i think asked for a trade partially because he didn't feel like his job was safe to a certain point because he was constantly getting fucking moved yeah i'd agree with that i i think you're right in the sense that Casty has made an effort to change in uh in the way he's worded things but i think you're missing 50 percent of it which is we're winning a lot <laughs> I think that really changes the tone of the coach who was on a bit of a warm seat. Mm-hmm. And I think he's happy to praise some guys when we've won all but one game in the last 15. We've played nine games in 15 days. Yeah. And we won eight of them. Didn't we say we, we were going to like just run them. out of gas? <laughs> we almost did. <laughs> we, we blew two, two goal leads. <laughs> yeah, but, it, right. but Ian, you said like you're saying, okay, yeah, he's, he's happier because they're winning. I think both of those things kind of coincide with each other. Yeah, it's a 50 50. I think. Yeah. He's happier because they're winning and they're, he's, and they're winning because he's a little softer. I think, I think there's a good chance for that. But I mean, in general, like the, the mood in the locker room right now is definitely better than it was end of November, 
into early December. There's no way around that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and even though like it's still obviously on the table, I think the Jake DeBrus trade talk and all that stuff that's died down, mm-hmm. and it's probably died down for Jakey in the locker room where it's not being discussed as much. And you know why? Because he's put his head down. He's doing his job. Yep. He's not making it a distraction. Yeah. He's just I also, like I don't think the teammates ever really disliked Jake. I think Jakey's no. a popular guy in the room. Yeah, I really oh, do. Definitely. I'm with that. Definitely. All right, so uh, so I think we're all on the same page about Jakey. One of the last things that we have on this talking points is the Scott Wheeler ranking. Andrew, why don't you take the lead on this? So Scott Wheeler ranked the Bruins prospect pool 27th in the entire NHL. This is significant for two reasons. One, we shot up four spots, baby. Woo! Two, it's the highest we've been in four years. <laughs> Double woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I really liked a lot of what he had to say about the Bruins, about, about our prospect pool. Ian, you said in our group chat that you had a that you had a point you wanted to make about it. So why don't you why don't you take the baton here? Yeah, I do have a point I want to make about this. Uh, I'm going to give you if you look at our lineup, think of a full healthy lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Here are the players that we lose out of the lineup that are over 30, 34 and over. These are the guys that we get taken out of our lineup. There'd be Bergeron, there'd be Rask. And they'd be Felino. Everyone else, Marshan being the oldest, is 33 and under. Pretty nice, right? Yeah, that's nice. When Bergeron and Rask age out, and we're not really sure when that is. So we all think Swayman is the solution for Rask in net, right? We all agree on that. Yeah. yeah if you look at who we still have who's very young, McAvoy and Pasternak, and then, of course, Swayman. Grizz is 28. Carlo is in his mid-20s. I want to say 25. We're talking about real pieces that are still on the team for years to come. I know we're missing a 1C without Bergeron. I get that. But is one good draft with a little bit of supplement enough to keep us contending? Maybe not a top-end contending team, but one that could make a run come playoff time. Is that enough? Are you talking about this past draft or are you talking about this draft coming up? I'm talking about this past draft with Liesel, with Harrison. These are two guys that we think could be real top six guys that would make a huge difference. And then supplemented by the emergence of Lori a potential in either Stadnika or Beecher panning out as a top six guy. I think this team has enough young guys in important positions that maybe the recovery period isn't as bad as we think it's going to be. If these picks pan out, obviously it's wicked early to tell that. Well, Wheeler also brought up a couple of other guys that he's, I wouldn't say that he's very high on that. A couple of other guys that he put on the spotlight of that. And You're going to mention Ty Gallagher, aren't you? I'm going to mention Ty Gallagher. <laughs> it's Ty Gallagher and also Andre Andre Grisso, um, another uh, you know big center playing in the USHL. Like, 
I think there needs to be one more draft where we get a, I don't want to say like a certified game breaker, but somebody who can develop into a bona fide top six guy. Liesel is definitely in that conversation. We have a lot of guys that can potentially be everyday NHLers that are in our system right now. And we a lot also, seems like a stretch. I'm pretty high. <laughs> I'm no man. I'm I'm there's a, there are a couple of others. There are a couple of others that you know that graduated out, like you know. Oscar Steen. We don't know if he's, I think he, I think he's going to be an everyday NHLer. guys like that. He wasn't included in that, in that prospect, that prospect talk guys like Steen guys like V nine, you know, but I get that the, I get the um, party line on the Bruins prospects is that it's this abyss <laughs> that there's nothing there. But I don't think it's it's it it's still bottom five. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah, but sure. it's not nearly as bad as people made it out to be. And I think this this draft definitely helped. And maybe there maybe there's a few other players from past drafts that we're not thinking of. There's there's one guy from uh, the 2019 draft that I've been watching a bit of in North Dakota, and he's I think he could be pretty good. Uh, seventh round draft draft pick Jake Schmaltz. I think he could be something too. He wasn't even listed. So if we are able to get out of this rut, this developmental rut that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think there's, I I don't think there's going to be a need for a full scale rebuild when the time comes. And I think that's my big point is we have if you look at obviously McAvoy being your Norris contending defenseman, right? Filling in behind him with Carlo and Grizz. I mean, that's that's three bona fide NHL defensemen right there, right? And we have Lori, looks like the real deal freshman at Ohio right now, looks like a real fucking de- NHL defenseman. And I'm surprised by that because I was really, I thought he would plateau coming into college a little bit. We're still weak at center when Bergeron retires, but the wingers, I mean, we have a absolute all-star in Pasternak. Marshan's not going anywhere anyone anytime soon. We have answers in net. Steen, we think, might be something. I just think there's a lot of opportunity if we hit on just a couple guys for this team to have a new core moving forward where we don't have to go, yeah, maybe a couple down years, but not five. Not Detroit Red Wings blow it up. Yeah. And this is the first year in the past three years that I felt that way. Mm -hmm. Because for the longest time, I was like, we're going to have to blow it up hard. And I'm kind of changing my tune, mostly because of Lee Sell, Harrison, because everything I've seen about Harrison so far, I've loved. And uh, and Lorai. Lorai. Lorai looks. uh, Lorai. People forget this little fact about Lorai. You know how long he's been playing defenseman? Five years. He switched from Ford at 16 years old. I feel like that's not terribly that, uncommon. But that's but how he has taken so quickly. Yeah. To, yeah. To the to the level that he's done it is, is exactly. Great. 
I'm going to pose something to you guys. I did briefly talk about it on uh, BNG Live when I did the live cast with uh, Mark Allred and Kevin O'Keefe uh, during the Nashville game the other day. One of the things that I've noticed, uh, and it's noticeable in, the, uh, in Boston, but Providence is a different team right now, and we're talking about developing certain players. This is not a knock. This is not a knock on Leach, who is now in Seattle. But I do think that there's something to be said for the way that the coaching staff is handling Providence right now, systematically, because every call-up that we've had this year, every call-up, Steen, Bleed, Vakaninen, is playing differently, different mindset, different fucking ambitions as an NHLer when they come up. They're fitting into this system in Boston differently than we've seen prospects come up in the last few years. Again, that's not a knock on Leach, but maybe maybe something's working in Providence. So now we're seeing these prospects or or AHL guys come up and they're playing differently and we're we're thinking differently about our prospect pool and our development pool. So let's take that into account that some of these players are becoming NHL age. You're seeing Vakaninen at 23-24, Zaboral is hitting that that golden age for a defenseman too. We're, we're seeing a different type of player coming out of Providence. So we're about to see those players that we're talking about, Harrison and uh, Lorai, still a little bit of time away from being in Providence and being developed in our system. There's, there's something to be said for that. Are we a bottom five prospect pool right now? Yes. But half of that is development. And I think I'm a little bit more in the mindset of I'm willing to watch that develop and watch that be nurtured. So that's not, I don't want to be as negative. Do I still think we're a bottom fucking team? Yeah, unfortunately. But if we have a good draft, because this draft is going to be a lot better than the previous in terms of the talent pool. And everything that I've read is that 2023 and even 2024 is expected to be a very good draft. Mm -hmm. You can restock the cupboard pretty damn quickly with a couple of good picks and correct development. That's what we need. That's a tremendous point. That's a really, really good point. I'm going to celebrate with a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have anything to add to that. Damn, I'm speechless. That's a fucking rarity. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> We're celebrating the continued development of Ty Gatliner. <laughs> you guys just, I hope this guy makes it because you fucking love Ty Gatliner. <laughs> I want you to play, man. He's, he's solid. He's very solid. By the way, Lee Sell, 18 years old, as many of you know, mm-hmm. Brett Harrison, 18, Lori, 20. So these guys are still a little ways away. Um, I do think if we're going to stay competitive and again, maybe a down year or two, but if we're going to stay competitive, competitive and not get stuck in, I, I have to stop using the wild as an example because they're no longer this team, but for 12 years they were where they just stuck in the middle, they make the playoffs some year and then they get wiped out in the first round or they miss the playoffs. I mean, we um, don't know that they're out of that yet. We think they're out of that at least. <laughs> at least they're fun to watch now. Um, <laughs> I think we have to hit on one of Stanika, Harrison, or Beecher to be a true top six center. Mm-hmm. We have to hit on one of those. Otherwise, we don't really have a center to go to. Uh, out of those three, out of those three, before we go into predictions, out of those three, who do you think would be that person? Like, who has the best chance? Oh, I still think it's Sednika. 
I think Harrison, the reason I'm so high on him is because he's so new and I know so little compared mm-hmm. to the other two, but I still think it's Tadika has the best chance. I know a lot of people are low on him now, but he's 22. I mean, I just feel like we judge these guys so quickly in such a heavy man's game. You know, mm-hmm. it's fucking not that hockey is only a man's game. Recently, Jack got torched for that comment. That's not mm-hmm. what I mean, but going against grown men in the league is what I mean. Yeah. Um, judging, judging guys at 22. I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't even filled out fucking yeah. as a human being <laughs> and I'm not even a professional athlete or anything. Yeah. I, uh, I'll agree with you with Stadnika, but I think that's just kind of, that's what we need to see first. He's yeah. going to get the shot first, but yeah. I think I'm, it's definitely going to be Stadnika by default. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think it's Stadnika too. I think Beecher is, I think Beecher's a bottom six guy on, um, Got the tools, but maybe I'm the literally sitting here. I'm literally sitting here wearing a Michigan jersey. I still don't think Beecher is is what we want him to be, or we thought he was going to be. Um, but once he gets out of Michigan, which is fucking loaded, and he starts playing pro style hockey, he's going to play a little bit of Providence, Mariners, whatever. Uh, I'm going to be watching him like a hawk because there's elements of his game that are fantastic but there's so many elements of his game that need to be developed properly uh i think he's a project i i forget who said this but it was uh, someone made a comment about beach the other day that was something along the lines of if he's a he's he's an upperclassman at this point maybe the reason that he hasn't been able to work himself up into these stacked teams is because maybe he's not up to the level of those stacked players and I think that's part of it. And unfortunately with Michigan this year, and I haven't watched a lot of Michigan, I'll be honest, but he could have really gripped this season by the balls. He really had that opportunity. And that would have shown us a lot about whether he'd be a top six guy or not. And he didn't. And again, he's 20 years old, but I definitely wouldn't mind him seeing, mind seeing him uh, play his senior year. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't rush him. I, I, I see no need to. I'm going to be honest. I think he will play his senior year. Good. Hope you're right. Let's uh-huh. do some uh, predictions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into predictions. Uh, these are going to be my least favorite predictions just based off of the first team that we're playing. But we are going to start tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. Ian, please go first. Uh, see, this is a tough one. I can't. Do I predict another win? Am I predicting four wins in a row? I don't know what I predicted last week for everything, but I knew it was three wins in a row. I am going to predict a dub. This is going to be a four-two dub. That's what it is. I am scared of Thomas, so <laughs> I'm going to predict a. Three, two, OT dub. I hope both of you are right, but the pessimism, don't pes- you the pessimistic side. Yeah, oh. I think it's a four-two loss. This is a very, very good team. This is a team that is scoring at a very good clip. They're not playing terrible hockey lately. I think they've won eight out of the last ten as well. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a four-two loss. I, I do think the last goal is going to be one of those empty netter type situations. I think it's going to be a close game. But I think the the Bruins are uh, due for a little bit of a step back against a very good team, and I'm going to be fucking angry watching that game. And uh, so, don't be surprised if 
if by the third period the uh, short shift podcast uh, Twitter account stops fucking <laughs> sending out all the gold that it always does. But hey, not to interrupt Thomas wallowing in pain that isn't even necessary yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at the schedule right now. The Boston Montreal game last week is listed as an exhibition match. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's very strange because, because it was too. changed around. Yeah, I like to think it's just because Montreal is so bad. Anyway, on we go. <laughs> that said, I do think Caps on Thursday, they turn right back around. They beat the hell out of the Caps again. That is a 5-2 W. Nice. Uh, I am going to go with a... I'm going to go with a 3-1 loss. We're going to have a trouble scoring on that one. I'm going to go with a 4-2 loss. I think the Caps come in there pissed. So, 4-2 loss. Jets on Saturday. We're home for all of these, by the way, I believe. We have a long homestand here. Is it really uh, all home? I think It's so. really all home. Yes, it is. That's crazy. I thought we had a bunch of home games to start the season. We were about to hit a bunch of away, but we have a long road trip after this, I yeah. think. No, not only three games. Weird, weird. Andrew, you got to go first on this one. We each went first already. I think this is a four nothing shutty on the Jets. <laughs> Angelo is gonna fucking kill you with these yeah. shutout predictions, boys. <laughs> and I'm shout gonna watch. Out, I'm just gonna be like, all right, out. fine. By the way, shout out to Angelo who just nuked Ian and I from orbit <laughs> for predicting the Hallmark shutty last week. Yeah, well, he, like, have. he was he was mad at all of us, and I had to distance myself. I was like, I'm not with those two <laughs> assholes. I'm sitting at a different table, bro. <laughs> Uh, no, this is not a shutout. This is not a shutout. This is a 5-2 dub, though. Oh, let's go. Let's fucking go. I'm going to go 4-1, just so that when the Bruins blow the fucking shutout, I can turn around and text Andrew and tell him to suck a dick. Great. That's a great plan. Directly. (laughs) Directly. (laughs) Directly. (laughs) Shove a hose up your butt and turn it on, Andrew. (laughs) Fucking let's go. Um, should we do the ducks on Monday? Because I think we're probably recording uh, I say, after that, right? I say let's go ahead and do the fucking ducks. Uh, let's, let's do, do the, the ducks. ducks. That is going to be a 2-0 shutty. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that shout out to even Wilder Wing, one of our listeners, who is also a huge ducks fan. That is going to be a 4-2 dub. Yeah, I'm kind of with that. I'll change the score up just a little bit. I'll go 5-1 on that game for the Bruins. Nice. Love it. I feel good about this week. I'm going to feel terrible tonight and uh, be more stressed watching this game. Every time we play the Canes, it feels like a fucking playoff game to me because I want to win so bad, and I just never believe that we're going to because that's not how my life works. (laughs) (laughs) I will say... Uh, this week is kind of a gauntlet because it, everyone except for Winnipeg is a, uh, a playoff team, and Winnipeg's not far out either. This is a, this is gonna be a hell of a week, boys. Anybody got anything else? No, I think we're all good. Um, nah, I, have a, I, I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> Check it out, oh, everybody. <laughs> Ian, Ian, it's somebody's birthday. Fuck is YouTube. It is my girlfriend's <laughs> birthday this week. Uh, there is a reason that Tuesday's uh, review will not come out till Wednesday night, which is usually 
way after I would normally have it out. But uh, she she had a great conversation with me. Really, really subtle stuff. She walked up and went, hey, fuckface, my birthday is about me, not the Bruins. And I was like, okay, all right, that's all right. So wow. um, I'm gonna take her out to dinner and stuff. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate her birthday. That sounds like a a very smart plan. <laughs> it felt yeah. smart. It yeah. felt smart. <laughs> and and I, I would imagine that if you didn't, it would be the we would have the short shift podcast memorial show. Yeah, and you guys would have to find a new um a new partner. That's okay. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, well, enjoy the game tonight. If they lose, don't fucking talk to me until next Tuesday. Yes, Sounds sir. good. I, okay, good to know. All right. Well. <laughs> Go bees! Go bees! Go bees! All right, later, boys. Later. See you.